Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Brent Jones. Enjoy. There we go. Good morning. Get situated here. I feel like I came up with more stuff than normal here. Hang on. All right. Oh, happy Mother's Day, moms. I love Mother's Day. It's um, <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I have a great mom that I was blessed to be raised by. And then I'm married to an incredible mom of five who just wrapped up her undergraduate degree with honors. So she's incredible. Yeah. She hates that I just said something, but that's okay. I have the mic. This time, this time. <laughs> Let's pray. I, I was going to pray later, but I'm going to pray now. God, thanks for this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, rest in this place. Teach us, God. Open our eyes to your word. Open our ears to your voice. Open our hearts to your wisdom and your truth, God, today. Lord, we just... We lay down all of our expectation and every weight, every worry, every care, every burden. We just lay it all down. And every filter, we just set all that down and just say, Lord Jesus, we want to hear from you. Come Holy Spirit and speak to us today through your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Well, it's Mother's Day, and a couple of weeks ago, this is this is a this is a weird message for Mother's Day. I'm, the title of today's message um, is "Hearing God in Dreams and in Your Conscience." So that's I'm not going to try to make that into a Mother's Day message, if that's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say I didn't try. I'm just going to say I did. I'm not going to today. Um, hearing God in your dreams and in your conscience. But a couple weeks ago when we talked about prophecy, we talked about, um, and oh, actually the title, I worked really hard on this title, Make Room. <laughs> actually, that's the actual title of today's message. And you can go, you can leave that up as long as you need to, but uh, to take notes from. Um, <laughs> But a couple weeks ago, we talked about prophecy, and we talked specifically about Samuel and how Samuel heard from God. And what's interesting um, about Samuel, we talked about it then, that when he heard the voice of the Lord, it was a time in Israel's history when the word of the Lord, remember what it said, when the word of the Lord was rare. A time when there were not many visions, the Bible says. What we know about Samuel is that his very existence, the fact that he was born, is an answer to the prayers of a mother, his mother Hannah. Hannah's prayers in the temple, every year the Bible says she would go to the temple and she would pray and she would ask and she would pray and she would ask God for a child. His very existence is the answer to her prayers prayed at the tabernacle, miraculously answered by God. And in return for that miracle of a son, she gave Samuel back to the Lord the minute she could. Some of you are like, can I do that? 
No. We're not accepting anybody's children here at the church. Um, but she prayed and asked God, and God miraculously met her there and gave her a son. And in return, when he was weaned, when he was old enough, she gave him back to the Lord, took him to the tabernacle, and gave him to God. And she visited him every year. The Bible said that every year she would bring him new clothes because he'd grown out of the other ones. And she continued to check in on his progress. Can you take that in for a second? You have a son miraculously, and your only son you give back to God when he's old enough uh, to not need you anymore. And that's it. You check in once a year. But as we continue this series on how to hear God, it should not be lost on us that the power of the prayers of a mom for her kids are what opened up the voice of the Lord to Israel in the next season. Did you hear that? See, this, the power of a praying mom, when the word of the Lord was rare, opened up the word of the Lord for a nation in the next generation. The power of the prayer of a mom. And today, as we pray for our kids, moms, as you pray for your kids, and I know that you do, kids of all ages, as you pray for them, pray that God would speak to them and that they would clearly hear his voice. So today we're talking about hearing God in dreams and in our conscience. We spoke last week about hearing God in the whisper, and we're going to continue to look at other ways God speaks in our subconscious. In other words, ways that you, don't hear, that you hear God that are not just like out loud, right? Hearing the whisper of God, hearing the still small voice of God, hearing God in your subconscious, knowing what he's saying there. You're like, oh, things are getting weird at this church. Well, hang on. God created your subconscious. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But it's, it's only natural that he would speak to us there. Where there's a lot of different ways God speaks to us. And uh, this, it's about hearing and knowing his voice in each of those situations, those circumstances, those surroundings. Um, last week, my kids and I were watching um, that, uh, the, the Disney movie Pinocchio, the live-action Pinocchio. And in that movie, um, Tom Hanks plays Geppetto, and he speaks this, this sort of, you know, like Mediterranean-ish accent. And as he's speaking, a little ways through the movie, my youngest turns to me and says, oh, that's Woody. <laughs> Some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's okay. What was the, what was the common denominator? Tom Hanks, his voice, right? His voice. Woody doesn't look much like Tom Hanks, the animated, you're right, Toy Story. It's just not like they, made, they modeled that puppet after him, no. And so here's Tom Hanks, much older than when he started doing Toy Story in 1994. And still, even speaking with an accent, in a live-action film, my daughter makes the connection, oh, that's Woody. Why? She's watched all of those movies countless times. She knows every line from them. She knows exactly what Woody's voice sounds like. So when she hears an old man speaking in a pseudo-Italian accent in a completely different film, she immediately knows who it is. Oh, that's Woody. 
See, it didn't matter what the form was. It didn't matter how it was coming to her. She understood whose voice it was. Do you hear where I'm headed this morning? It doesn't matter the form. It doesn't matter, you know, oh, I only hear God through, well, whatever. God may never send a skywriter to tell you what to do. But today we're talking about hearing God in dreams and in our conscience, that deep knowing something is right or wrong. Having a dream that lets me know what's ahead. Those are moments where I understand it's the voice of the Lord. Well, how do I know it's not just the lasagna I had last night? You'll know. You'll know. (laughs) Dreams are a common occurrence in the scriptures. In the Bible, they're mentioned nearly a hundred times that someone had a dream. Just like, oh, so-and-so had a dream. That's like 98 times, I think, in Scripture. So-and-so dreamt that. And then it goes on to describe those dreams. And these are both prominent and people that don't matter. They're in Scripture. They all have dreams. Almost, almost every major character in the Bible had a dream of some kind. Almost. David did not. That makes me feel good. Well, not not that they said anything. There are a few that are noted that didn't have dreams, and that's, that's actually the exception. Jacob, Joseph, Gideon, Isaiah, Ananias, Peter, Paul, all had dreams that gave guidance, warning, plans, etc. So there's a significant scriptural precedent for hearing from God while we are asleep. There's a lot of psychology about this too. It's a lot of psychology and studies. Uh, uh, so more dreams, uh, more studies about dreams than you can count. And it, you know, it's, some of it's pretty strange. We're not going to get into those today because I really don't care what psychologists think about dreams. But I think one of the main reasons why God speaks... Sorry, any psychologists in here. I don't... I care what you think about other stuff. Just not my dreams, okay? <laughs> Is my therapist in here? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Anyways, okay. <laughs> Our online watch count just cut in half. <laughs> but I think one of the main reasons why God speaks to people in their sleep is that it's one of the many, it's one of the only times he can catch us holding still with our mouth shut. <laughs> I think that's what dreams boil down to is God's like, finally, you shut up. I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> Seriously, sometimes it's like, um, you know, some, it's like uh, sharks. We just never stop moving. Why? Because we feel like if we stop moving, we're going to stop breathing. But listen, sometimes God just needs to catch us with our eyes closed, quiet, with our mouth shut still. And he wants to talk to you. And this is extremely common in Scripture and should be extremely common in our uh, family of God today. Think about it. We want to hear God's voice. We want, to hear, we want to hear him talk to us. But how often do we stop moving, stop talking, and just wait? I know that at my busy pace of life, the only guaranteed time I'm at a full stop is when I'm asleep. And sometimes that's questionable. But Pete Gregg says in, our, in, our, in the book we're studying right now, How to Hear God, sleep is, and you can put that quote up on the screen, sleep is when your normal filters are removed and your usual busyness stops. This is like one of the main facts. You're like, why would God use dreams? I don't really, I don't know. Dreams seem kind of weird. This is why. 
It's when your normal filters are removed, your, your walls are down, your defenses are down, and your usual busyness stops. Then he can speak to us. God created our inmost parts, our soul, our subconscious, so it only makes sense that he would speak to us there as well. Let's look at Job chapter 33. Open your Bibles to Job or look up on the screen. Job chapter 33, verse 14 through 16. For God may speak in one way or another, yet man does not perceive it. For God may speak in one way or another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens up the ears of men and seals their instruction. Then he opens up the ears of men. Numbers 12.6 says, God God's says, uh, he's talking to, it's actually really a challenging part of scripture in, um, in Numbers 12, where God is speaking to, to Moses and Miriam and Aaron, and he says that he speaks through visions and dreams. And then we referenced this a couple weeks back, Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 29. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. This verse is not about age. You're like, I don't want dreams. Some of you didn't read the verse or you would have caught what I just said. Dreams is not, having dreams is not about being old or young. This is, this is um, Hebrew, uh, this, is, this uh, prophecy is in a Hebrew uh, uh, poetic text that's, that is saying everybody. So look at this, old and young, male and female. Do you see that there? Old men, young men, sons and daughters, both men and women. What this is saying is this verse, this promise, this prophecy is all-encompassing. Everybody gets this. Everybody has the Holy Spirit. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit on those days. The Pete Gregg goes on to say in the the chapter this week, the primary mark of the outpouring of the Spirit on all flesh in the last days, according to Joel and cited by Peter, it's not speaking in tongues, it's not shaking, you can put this quote up on the screen, or falling on the ground, it's an increase in dreams and visions. I'm going to go back and say this again. The primary mark of the outpouring of the Spirit on all flesh in the last days, according to Joel, cited by Peter, it's not speaking in tongues, shaking, or falling to the ground. It's an increase in dreams and visions. If you're filled with the Spirit, you should therefore expect God to speak to you in this way. We should just expect it. We expect God to speak to us. Part of hearing from God is the expectation that you should. Some of us don't feel like we should. Like, oh, I don't know if God should even speak to me. Yes. We see it in Joel 2. That's God's expectation. God's expectation is a desire to speak to his children, to his people. How? How does this happen? When I thought about the, about the how of dreams, 
I kept hearing that phrase that I put on the title slide, make room. I just kept hearing that as I prepared the last few weeks. Make room. Make space. Create room. Make room. How do we make room for God in our dreams, in our unconscious? How do we make room? We're just going to go through three simple points today. It's really practical today. Take notes. Write it down. We're going to just say a couple of simple things about dreams today. The first way to make room for dreams, number one, asking for dreams. Asking for dreams. Like, I don't know, sounds strange. Why? It's one of the ways God speaks to us. It's one of the forms of his voice. Why wouldn't I, when I'm laying down to rest at night, when I'm laying down to sleep, say, God, fill my dreams. Speak to me in my sleep. Before you go to sleep, end your day with a prayer of thanks and ask God to speak to you in dreams. Paul prays for the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 and says he prays that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. He prays that, that, they would, that the eyes of their heart would be open, that they would be enlightened by God. You're like, well, that doesn't say dreams. Well, anytime, anytime, while I'm waking, while I'm sleeping, while I'm working, while I'm relaxing, that the eyes of my heart would be open, that I would receive wisdom from God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened. Ask him. Ask for the direction that you need. Ask for the wisdom that you need. Ask for the insight that you need into a situation while you sleep. Actually, there's a marked increase. This is one thing I will say about the psychology of sleep. There's a marked increase in people um, knowing the answers to the problems that they have in their life when they go to sleep thinking about them. Something happens in our sleep. Our God intervenes, I believe, and helps us figure things out. Sometimes we need to shut our minds off for a minute, quiet down, and get things sorted out. Ask him for direction. Ask for wisdom when you lay down to go to sleep. All right, so asking for dreams is number one. Number two, honoring dreams. Honoring dreams. You're like, what does that mean, honoring dreams? Making room for them. Make space for them. Make room for them. Go to sleep. I talked to somebody this weekend that told me they get three hours of sleep a night. Not going to work out. No matter how you slice that, it does not end well. Go to sleep. Make room. Anything God, and, and, and this is the second point to this, so go to sleep. <laughs> Make room. But then write it down. Uh, Anything God speaks to you is worth writing down. Anything God speaks to you is worth writing down. So what does that mean? Keep a tablet by your bedside. If you need to, I, 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 when I write stuff down, I write it down on my phone. I don't recommend that. But it's my way. So I write it down. I have a note in my phone. And if I wake up and something crazy happened in my sleep, I write it down. Write it down. Writing it down gives it, it, it honors what God has said or what God has done when you write it down. Why? Because you're not going to remember. 
You won't. You think you will. You won't. I'm always like, oh, now, now I'm old enough where I know I just won't remember. I don't remember anything. I literally forget everything. So I write everything down. There's so many notes in my phone, but the, <laughs> they're, and they're weird notes too. Like, hey, remember that blah, blah, blah. But make a, make a notes. Don't write what God said in any old note on any old page with your shopping list. It doesn't go next to cabbage and salsa tortillas, what God said last night. Okay? Put what God said in its own file, because anything God said is worth having in its own file, eh? Okay. Have a way to write it down. That is making room. It's saying, God, I'm prepared. God might not speak to you in a dream for the next year. It's fine. You're prepared. It's letting him know, hey, God, I want to hear what you have to say. I'm ready. I'm ready. If you wake up and have a dream, write it down immediately. Don't dismiss it just because it's a little bit out there. It's a little bit weird. Dreams are a little bit out there. I wonder how often we dismiss something. I know I do. How often do we dismiss something God's trying to speak to us in a dream simply because it's weird, strange, or doesn't appear to make sense? We can miss it when we think that God only speaks to us in a dream that would be perfectly understandable right at the moment. But think about some of the dreams we see in Scripture. Just, just, just think about some of the dreams you might see in Scripture. If you know the Bible in any way, you might know some of the stories I'm about to reference. God gave Pharaoh a dream, a warning coming about a famine with vivid images of obese and starving bovine. Scrawny cows, fat cows. Chubby corn, skinny corn. And he woke up and was like, this must be something I need to know. Think about that. We think it's normal because, oh, it's in the Bible. He had a dream about skinny cows, not the ice cream bars. <laughs> I dream about those. He was dreaming about actually skinny cows and fat cows and thought, I should get some advice on this. Weird. God gave King Nebuchadnezzar dreams about a statue made with all kinds of odd materials that were not used for building at that time. The dreams didn't really make sense on the surface, but they could not be ignored or passed off as last night's pizza. You write it down. He got help. He couldn't even remember the dream. He knew it was important, but he couldn't even remember what the dream was. It was so odd. So, I told this uh, last week when I spoke at 101. So if you were in 101, you know this story already. Um, don't tell. But I'm going to just tell you about a dream I had that I wrote down. So I had been a worship pastor in full-time ministry for 14 years. And Kate and I felt like uh, we were supposed to step out of vocational ministry in 2017. And I was offered a job back in the business world, which I accepted and had for almost three years. And then in the middle of the pandemic, I lost my job. September 2020, I lost my job. In the months that followed, I applied for 93 jobs and interviewed for 12 of them. Nothing was panning out. Nothing. This was before the labor shortage. This, now, now we kind of like, oh, everybody pays $27 an hour. Not back then. This was only a couple years ago. You remember? Everybody was super freaked out. Nobody wanted to hire anybody. Nobody wanted to spend the money that they were getting from the government. Nobody wanted to do any of that. So they were just kind of frozen. 
And so there were no jobs coming. There was no income happening at the Jones household of seven. It was pretty desperate. That was seven months like that. 93 jobs, 12 interviews, nothing panning out. To say I was discouraged would be the understatement of the year. The depression I felt in that season was crippling. I was miserable to live with. I felt completely adrift, adrift without purpose for months and months. I had executive coaching. I had professional resume writers. I know a lot of people. I met with anyone who would meet with me and spoke with anybody who would answer their phone. I was lost. And then in January of 2021, so that I lost my job in September, January of 2021, I felt prompted by something to write down my dreams. I wasn't doing it. I told Kate, I felt like I should just write down my dreams. I had a couple of totally crazy dreams, but I just wrote them down anyway. Things that make no sense on the surface. Things like, I can't even, I won't even explain it to you, does it? They make no sense. I wrote them down anyway. One dream, two dreams, crazy dreams, three dreams, crazy stuff. And then, about that time, I got an interview with Costco and started their whole hiring process. I had a dream in the middle of all that, and I wrote it down as soon as I woke up that morning. This is the dream. This was March 12th, 2021. March 12th. Remember the date, March 12th, 2021. I was rejoining and re-enlisting in some sort of military. And I had tried and tried and tried to sign in to the military at this one site. And finally, they sent me away from that site and told me I had to go to another site to sign in. As I was on my way to that other site, a good friend of ours who was the former principal of Vineyard Christian Academy that met here on our campus introduced me to a man, and she said that this man needed to go over to the school, and could I please take him to the school, since I was already going that way. And I remember thinking, oh, I didn't know I was going that way. Okay. So I said, sure. And I agreed, and this man came with me to the other site that I was supposed to sign in at, which was Vineyard Christian Academy, which was in the Vineyard Church lobby right here. At that time, Vineyard Christian Academy did not meet there. So I checked in, I got the guy situated uh, and on the couches right outside in the lobby, and I went to the front desk to sign in for the military. Who was there to meet me at the front desk to sign me in? Joe Ingrao. He was there and he checked me in to re-enlist. And as I re-enlisted, he said I was a bit overweight but he would help me out and tell me how much I had to lose. <laughs> that was the dream. That was the dream. That was March 12th, 2021. Fast forward to exactly one month later, to the day, I just verified it two weeks ago, April 12th, 2021, I received an offer letter from Vineyard Boise for this job. Why? Yeah, yeah, God's God. I, 
now get this. That Sunday, you all prayed for us, and we brought our family up. You welcomed us onto the staff. You prayed over us. After that, as we were walking away, do you know the very first person that came up and talked to me after that? Joe and Grayo. Do you know what Joe did? He wrapped his arm around me. He immediately started, without asking, just started praying for me, and then gave me some advice. So, God speaks through dreams to us. Why would God give me that dream? You say, oh, I don't, you know, why would God speak to you that way? I don't know. Listen. But I, what I do know, God also speaks things in timing in dreams too. What's, what I find very interesting about that dream is that, like I said earlier, Vineyard Christian Academy was at that time meeting on the other side of the campus. Where did I go to check in at? Over here where they currently meet. And went to, started meeting there that fall. God knew what he was doing and he was just telling me, hey, I'm speaking to you. You're not alone. At that time, it had been six months without a job and God was saying to me, I'm with you. You're not alone. I'd been applying everywhere and finally got a series of interviews at Costco and they had offered me a job. Where was God pointing me to? Not Costco. Do you see? It was, God was letting me know his timing. He was saying, and so that's why when they offered me the job, I immediately, Kate and I looked at each other and we just said yes. Why? God had spoken to us. We had a confirmation. In this dream, I was re-enlisting back into ministry. Kate and I had agreed initially that we were really not interested in going back into ministry. In fact, when I lost my first job, two churches reached out and wanted to talk and we said, no thanks. Why? They weren't our church. We were like, ah, no, we're, we're good. We'll, we'll find a job. It wasn't our church. So God was confirming that he was in it for us. Okay, lastly, about dreams. So uh, we're, we're asking for dreams. We're honoring dreams by writing them down and making room. And then last, uh, talk about interpreting dreams. Sometimes you may wake up knowing exactly what a dream means, but often our dreams are not fully understandable the moment we wake up. Then what? Like that dream, I had no idea what that meant. I honestly, I just, I wrote it down. I didn't know that offer was coming. But when it did, I knew what was happening, right? I had no idea. Interpreting dreams is something that God does through people all the time. Joseph and Daniel were both given opportunities to interpret dreams for people, some with life or death consequences. And each time they interpreted a dream, they gave God the credit for the revelation they had received. When you need understanding about what a dream means, you go to the source of the dream. In, in Daniel's time, the king's wise men couldn't tell him what the dreams were because they had no connection to the source. In Daniel's story, he was asking, he, uh, the king came to his wise men and said, hey, I had some dreams last night. I want you to tell me what they mean. And the wise men said to him, tell us the dreams. And he said, no, that's the kicker. I can't remember the dreams. You're just supposed to tell me. You're the, you're the magicians. You're the wise men. You're supposed to tell me. And when they couldn't, they said, no man can do that, your majesty. When they couldn't, he said, fine, you're all dead. So then Daniel hears about it, and he's like, wait, 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 wait. I can do it. Well, I can't, but God can. And he goes and he prays, and God gives it all to him, and he writes it all down, and he goes and presents not just the dreams, but the interpretation of the dreams. 
He prayed and asked God for the dreams and their meaning. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 28 through 30, it says, but there is a, this is, this is uh, Daniel speaking uh, to the king, and he says to the king, There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. It was a prophetic dream. Your dream and the visions that passed through your mind as they were lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come. And the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. One transla- several translations say, not what went through your mind, but so that you may understand your inmost thoughts. Your inmost thoughts, what was stirring inside you. So you can understand it, God gave me the interpretation. So what do we do? First of all, we pray about the dream. We bring it to God in our personal prayer time. We pray about it. We say, God, this seems really weird. I needed some direction. I asked you. I had this dream. Can you tell me what it means? Ask God in our prayer time. Secondly, ask someone who hears from God. Ask someone who hears from God. Go present your dream to somebody. and Say, hey, I had this weird dream last night. I've been praying about this, and I had this weird dream. What do you think? And they might, if they, will say, hey, let's pray about it. That's what they'll do. And then you pray, and God will speak to you. Because why? God wants you to know what's going on in your heart and in your thoughts. Ask someone who hears from God to pray about it with you. Uh, Why? Because Isaiah chapter 55, 8 through 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Asking God for, we ask God for dreams, uh, not just because they're a byproduct of our own subconscious, we ask for dreams directly from him. Because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than ours. So we can just be like, okay, God, I'm going to go to sleep. And understanding the fact that my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not as high as your thoughts, would you just give me your thoughts about this situation? Give me your ways about this situation. And then sometimes you just need to file a dream away. Sometimes you just need to have it written down and just put it away. Just put it away. And say, God, if this is from you, just show me, guide me, direct me. But I'm just going to close this up and put it away, Lord, until I know what it means. This is when journaling your dreams is very convenient because you can revisit those and see how God is speaking directly to your life. That dream I told you about, I hadn't actually opened that in two years. I was getting ready for the message a couple weeks ago in 101, and I was like, I I was opening files, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh my goodness, all of this happened. It's good to look back and see what God has done. It might really surprise you. So God speaks to us through dreams and visions. He also speaks through our conscience, through our conscience, that still small voice inside us, your internal sense of right and wrong. That internal sense that you know something. You know it. That's your conscience. Our conscience is our moral compass. Something each of us have inside since birth. Given to us by our creator. And shaped by what we allow to influence us. 
It's like the nervous system of our soul, our conscience, our core. Romans 12 verse 15 says, They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. Their consciences also bear witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them, and at other times even defending them. Conscience um, tells us things and shows us things and gives us permission to do things and limits us, limits our permission to do other things because of what God has put inside of us. As with dreams, hearing God through our conscience is also about making room. It's just a little bit different. When our hearts are heavy with shame and sin, when our lives are walking in disobedience to our convictions, when our souls are full of garbage, we leave little room for the voice of God to speak. We're like, well, I don't know. My conscience didn't tell me that. How tuned in is your conscience? Well, I don't know. Doesn't everybody have... Well, what we've done with our conscience might limit what our conscience will say to us anymore. Sometimes hearing God can even be affected by the state of our hearts. Our spiritual ears get plugged with buildup that happens without the, con without the con consistent examination of our hearts from God. The invitation for the Holy Spirit to come examine us and our lives to see if there's any displeasing way in us. Anything that displeases him, anything that's contrary to the Holy Spirit and his plans for our life and his way for us. Psalm 139 says this. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Do you see that right there? Notice that the leading of the Lord comes after the searching of the Lord. Lead me in the way everlasting. When? After search me, O God, and know my heart. Do you see that? The leading comes after the searching. We all want God's leading. But to get there, we need to submit to his searching, his seeing, his knowing, and his testing. Seems like we always want him to speak to us, just not correct us. Right? That's me. I'm like me. I, it's just, that's a natural human response. Oh, I really want to hear from you, God. Just don't, you know, test me at all. Oh, Lord, I really need to hear your voice. Just don't search my heart. But the leading of the Lord comes after the searching of the Lord. This is a key to restoring our conscience. Some of us in here today, we're just feeling like, man, I don't even know what my conscience sounds like anymore. This is why we're about to get total freedom in this, this area because the leading of the Lord comes after the searching of our hearts by Almighty God. We want to hear his voice, but we only want him to say certain things. We want him to speak with his mouth. We just prefer if he doesn't look with his eyes. Making room to hear God speak through our conscience means letting him search us and know our hearts to correct what is offensive to him and lead us in the way we need to go. Amen? Repeated sin, this is a key, repeated sin leaves our hearts calloused and more apt to continue in sin. Repeated sin leaves our hearts calloused and more apt to continue in sin. 
If you're in a cycle of sin, that can be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you need to allow him to redirect your conscience and speak to you through your moral compass inside to say, let's not do that again. Let's move out of that sin into this area of freedom. It's always our personal decision and our personal choice. Our conscience doesn't take over. God speaks to us with our conscience to direct us, to guide us, to keep us in the path that we need to go, to lead us, like it says in Psalm 139, in the way everlasting, in the way that leads to eternal living. So how to make room to hear God in our conscience. Well, repentance leads to a restored conscience. That's the easiest way to say that. Repentance leads to a restored conscience. One of the biggest keys that I could just give you right now is just to pray through the psalm we just went through, Psalm 139, and also Psalm 51, to pray through them, to make it a daily habit. Psalm 51, you probably know the old Keith Green song if you've been around for any time at all. Psalm 51, verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Praying this and allowing God to examine our hearts. Praying through Psalm 139. Search me. Know me. See if there's any wicked way in me. And then this one, created me a clean heart of God. I would actually recommend praying through all of Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is given to us as an example, as a core scriptural example of repentance. Why? Because we all know the story that led up to Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is after um, David gets confronted by the prophet Samuel about his sin of adultery and murder. After that, Psalm 51 is his expression of repentance. It is like the textbook example of how to pray and ask God to forgive. So I would recommend just praying through all of Psalm 51. This daily exam is a systematic prayer pattern that leads through, the, through uh, the, something we can lead through daily as well. I'm not going to dive into the daily exam. That is something that's actually in the book. If you have the book, you can see there's a, very, there's a good example of the daily exam, which is a, a daily prayer examining our hearts. And then lastly, one other way you can make room, and this is not in the book and it's not very popular, but that's fasting. Fasting is a very scriptural thing that cues physical hunger in us. It can also cause a hunger for more of the things of God. It makes space in our stomach and in our day to meet with God. It makes space in our time for more prayer, for more of the word. Denying our body what it wants also puts down our flesh. And when we pair fasting with prayer and scripture, it causes our spirit to be strengthened. So fasting is putting down our flesh and saying no to our flesh, which is hard to do. It's saying no to what I want. And yes to the things of God. 
like I said, it's not very popular because every one of your bodies, just now your stomach started to growl and you're remembering you have, you're having quiche after this. <laughs> Fasting is a principle that helps us make room for God and actually will help to restore our conscience back to God. And causes our spirit man inside to be strengthened. Saying no to our stomach does something to the receptivity of our souls to hear and sense God. If you want a great book about fasting, uh, Jensen Franklin has a book. It's simply called Fasting. It's a great book. It's a great book on fasting. And it tells you all the reasons why. But I want to just say that fasting um, is not always about food. Primarily it's about food. Why? That's like one of our primary motivators as human beings, food. That's how we're designed. Go after the food, right? Get in the front of the line. Get the food. That's how we're designed. Fasting stops that and says, actually, go to the back of the line. You're not having food. Oh, okay. What am I having then, Lord? You're meeting with me. Oh, okay. Fasting food, yes, but social media. How about that? How about fasting social media? How about fasting entertainment? How about fasting music? How about fasting podcasts that you're listening to? See, why? Because what you're consuming, whether it's food, whether it's entertainment, whether our consumptive sort of society that we live in tells us I just need to be consuming all the time. I should be eating all the time. I should be drinking all the time. I should be entertained all the time. I should be listening all the time. I should be watching all the time. Fasting stops that and says, no, you shouldn't. You should be meeting with God today. Oh, I should be meeting with God today. It shuts down that, that physical man and says yes to what our spirit wants. More of God. And it affects our heart. It affects our soul. Like Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, the roots of our life and the fruit that's growing it's rooted in our soul, in our heart. And if it's full of garbage and other stuff, that's what's feeding the roots of our life. So fasting, repentance, these are tools we can use to allow our lives to be cleaned out. Our hearts to be cleansed by the Holy Spirit. And be able to hear clearly from God when we eliminate the stuff in our lives through examination of our hearts and our lives. I don't want anything blocking me from hearing God's voice and restricting how I hear from him. Nothing. Let's stand up together. Yeah, I don't know about you. I don't, I don't want anything in the way of hearing from God. I also don't want any external filter on God's voice for me. I don't want some sort of external filter because of what I'm watching or listening to or paying attention to or allowing to influence my heart or filling my heart with. I don't want that coloring what God's trying to say to me. I don't want that influence seeping in to what the Holy Spirit work is trying to do in my life by speaking to my heart. So what am I going to do? I'm going to walk in repentance. I'm going to repent from shame and sin, let go of guilt and fear and doubt. Listen, Jesus came to forgive us of all of that. That's why Jesus came. 
to heal our relationship with God that had been broken by sin. Our relationship with God had been broken by sin, by our own guilt, by not walking in God's way. Jesus Christ came, laid down his life for us, so that we could have a restored relationship with God. Now we don't have to walk in sin and guilt and shame and fear. Now we don't have to walk in doubt. And we don't have to walk in that constant, under that constant nagging of sin in our lives. That's always just right there saying, oh, but you're not worthy of that. Oh, you're not good enough for that. Look at all this garbage here in your heart. Look at what you've been looking at. Look what you've been doing. Look what you've been saying. Look what you've been, look at all of it. No, we don't have to live in that anymore because Jesus came to forgive us of all sin and restore relationship with the Father. What does that have to do with dreams and conscience? It tunes our heart in to the voice of Jesus speaking into our lives, into our hearts. Today, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can do that today. Today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, the Bible says that he is literally at the door of your heart knocking. And if you'll open it today, he'll come in and fellowship with you. Yes, you. He will come in and have a relationship with you if you open the door of your heart to him today. All over the Middle East right now, Reports are coming of people uh, having dreams about Jesus Christ coming to them in their sleep. And they're stepping out. They're stepping out of Islam and into Christianity because of a dream. Multiple dreams in the same families. Whole families are getting saved today because... Because of the restriction of the gospel, he's coming in through dreams. People are getting saved, giving their lives to Jesus Christ, and they don't even have a Bible. They just have a dream. Today, if you don't know Jesus, we're going to pray right now. We're going to pray all together. And if if you'd like to know Jesus today, Just open up your heart to him as we pray. Let's pray this prayer. Will you repeat after me? Let's do it all together. Jesus, thank you for your presence here today. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my heart is not right with you. I've made mistakes. I need your forgiveness today. I open up my heart to you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and make me a new creation. Heal my heart from sin. Heal my heart from guilt. Take away my sin and set me free to live for you.
I give you my life today. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we have a gift for you. If you would just, we'd love to set you up with the Bible and other stuff. So if you would just, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just meet somebody right back at the booth here and we'd love to connect with you and give you that. But then we're not done. I, I just want to pray one more time because I felt like as I was saying earlier, when we were talking about conscience and making room, some of us have been feeling this for a while. Like maybe there's just some things we need to get rid of to make room. Let's walk in repentance right now together. Let's walk in repentance right now together. If there's sin in your life, if there's things that um, are going on in your life, will you uh, just let go of those things and submit them once again to Jesus, okay? Jesus, we give you our lives today. We give you our hearts. And Lord, we just ask that you would come and just remove all sin. We ask for forgiveness of all of our sin. Wash us, make us new today. Create in us a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within us. Don't take us away from your presence. Don't take us away from your Holy Spirit. But renew a right spirit within us. Renew our connection with you. We give you our hearts and lives today. And now if there's anything specific that you want to ask forgiveness for and repent for, right now just go ahead and speak it out. Some of you have specific things. As, as we've been talking today, there's just been some specific things that have kind of popped up to the top of your heart. You've said, I need to repent for this. I need to get rid of it out of my life. It's time. Do that right now just before God. Say, Jesus, forgive me for this. Take this away from my heart. Wash me clean of it right now, Jesus. Jesus, we receive your freedom today. All over this room, Holy Spirit, would you come? Come, Holy Spirit. Soften our hearts, <clears throat> our conscience. Just soak into our hearts with the power of your Holy Spirit, God, and soften our conscience once again. That moral compass in each of us, would you just soften that and tune our ears in to hear your still small voice, your whisper as we move forward, God. Your direction, God. Tune our hearts into you, God, today. We give our lives to you today, Jesus. Lord, every empty place, every empty spot, would you just fill it in? Everything that's been removed from hearts and souls today, would you just fill with the power and presence of your Holy Spirit right now? Fill each person with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we do ask that you'd speak to us in dreams and visions, God. We ask that you would just tune our hearts in to hear from you in dreams. Lord, some of us need direction. Some of us need purpose. We need you to speak destiny and identity over us. And you want to do that, God. Would you just release your word to us in dreams and visions? Would you speak to us, God, when we least expect it? Release, release direction, release your word to your people. Lord, we hear today that you want to speak to us and we open up our hearts to it. And we ask you, yes, speak to us, God. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there are some words for prayer, and we're going to invite anybody that those apply to to come on up um, to the front this morning. We want Our ministry team wants to pray for you. I also felt, I don't know if it's on those words for prayer. Uh, it's not. Um, I also was feeling about um, some of us, uh, 
you've been struggling with nightmares and fear and terror in your sleep. And um, we, we want to pray for you for that too. Um, so come on up. We want to pray for you. So if any of these words for prayer, these are um, what our, our prayer team, our ministry team um, felt from the Holy Spirit before service today. And so if, this, if any of these here on the screen apply to you, come on up. Uh, we want to pray for you. Or if you need prayer for any reason, healing, anything, come on up. We want to pray for you today. God bless you. Um, have an amazing Mother's Day. Uh, we'll see you back here next time. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.